Hi everyone and welcome to episode 147 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. How are you doing Lauren? I'm doing alright. How are you Daryl? I'm doing okay. We're still kind of in a news lull. Yeah. Which is interesting as, I mean we talked about it before how it's been probably the longest period of vacuum of news of just nothingness for a yeah. while. Yeah and it's just continuing. no one's talking. Yeah, no one's saying anything. It's continuing. And it's because so, it's Nomura's age, isn't it? Nomura just the, says nothing. It's the age of Nomura. What? Hey, the age like, of Nomura. Spada's stuff is still go- ongoing. They're still doing stuff. It is, but he doesn't have as much. So he's just like, um, um, this. Okay. All right. That's good. But whereas Nomura's just like, I'm not saying a word. I ain't said nothing. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, we actually do have some news this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. It's kind of scraps though. Um, so our main topic this episode is whether or not the release of Final Fantasy 15 has kind of shaken our faith in the Final Fantasy 7 remake and kind of whether we think it's going to deliver based on what has happened with Final Fantasy 15, which I think is quite an interesting little topic there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got news and then we've got a load of questions from, from, uh, guys in the community. Yay. For you new folks, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday, working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes store and FinalFantasyUnion.com. Mm. Yay! Yay! All right, Patreon time, Lauren. Woohoo! So yeah, we're going to do shoutouts now for everyone who has posted $2.50 or more per episode. Uh, we are so thankful for everyone who supports us on Patreon. Yes. It, it means Thank the world to so us. Thank you so much. So yeah, we're going to start off with Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Christian Burge. Lewis James. Whose birthday is today. Oh, well, when we're recording today. So happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Yay. Um, Satria Jaya Sudharma at Satria 625 Ruben. Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman 1. Chris Morales. Dusty Haviv at DustyFish770. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Harley Crawley at DarkZT Akami. Jonathan Gonzalez at oh it's just Johnny. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto58. Brian McCardle at Darth Brain92. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Jason Rivera at Neo Archidaic. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Julio Carrillo at Dead Demon225. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohamed Quayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Nack 95. Perry Ramstead. Rachel Casterton at Urban Yan Ray. Vitentes. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. And Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. And we have some new Patreon supporters this episode. We've got Brian McArdle and Camilo Espinosa Beltran. Yay! Welcome to the family, guys. Welcome. Before we continue, I'd also like to offer an extended apology to people because last year, I think about June time, we set up an email address so that people could send through questions and just give us general feedback about the show. And to be honest, like we never really got too much uptake on it. We might have got an email once a month, I think, yeah. you know, like nothing too significant. So, you know, after a while, we just we just stopped checking it because no one was really using that to communicate with us. Like people would prefer talking on Twitter or Facebook or any other way other than that email pretty much. Um, but we checked it today and we actually had uh, a couple of people who had asked us asked us some questions and uh, so we just wanted to apologize to you guys and to let you know that next episode we are gonna answer those questions so yeah, yeah. tony stemmen adam Wurtz, chris willis dave howarth and digi leo if you're listening we didn't forget about you yeah we did but we, we're yeah. now making up for it yeah because yeah i mean it's just it's so complicated with so many emails but we're going to hopefully pay more attention in the future. 
yeah. uh, email. I would say, yeah, I mean, we don't promote that email address anymore. So yeah, if you do have questions for us to answer, then just ping them at us on social media. It's probably the easiest way to get through yeah. to us. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're going to move on to our main topic this episode, which is about Final Fantasy XV, specifically whether or not it's shaken our faith in what the Final Fantasy VII remake will become. And this topic was actually suggested uh, by someone on Twitter called Star Taco. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's definitely something that I never really thought to compare, like the two developments, but I guess it's it's quite apt uh, considering, you know, one was almost Nomura and the other was... Um, the other is Nomura, you know, like Final Fantasy for 15 for now. Um, but to be honest, I mean, they're such apples and oranges, the both of them. Um, I mean, I, granted, I know that they're both Final Fantasy games and main Final Fantasy games at that. Um, but like, I just never really thought of them together. Like, I always sort of thought of them as two separate entities that regardless of how Final Fantasy 15 did, like Final Fantasy 7 Remake is just completely different from Final Fantasy 15. Well, I can kind of see where the comparison comes from, obviously, because it's an Amura title. I mean, I guess that's where we're, where the question was leading from. The fact that it's an Amura title, and they both essentially were Amura titles, and Final Fantasy Versus 13 didn't really have any kind of news for the first two three four years five yeah, years it's true and, it's true yeah you know, we're very much going down the same road with the final fantasy 7 remake at this at this point so yeah you know it was announced almost two years ago and since then we've had very little um there's been no i mean there's little been little snippets of gameplay that they've showed mm. off but it's mostly been from the opening bombing mission which is a very small part of final fantasy 7 yeah and even outside of that you know there's been next to nothing it's like you know i believe there was supposed to have been something shown off at the start of the year yeah they didn't do that they showed off those two screenshots at the monaco anime gaming festival instead well what also big what also makes me curious is the fact that like nomura has said um has called out square enix in some of his promotions where he said like i wanted to show this but they that, wouldn't that let was me. at that event yeah like yeah he, they he wouldn't managed let to, me. he managed to get them to show off the screenshots but he he complained about the fact that yeah he wants he wants to show more about the game but they wouldn't let him and you know to be honest i kind of agree with that because namura mm-hmm. has ha- been known to kind of show off things that potentially weren't like if, if the game's going to release this year then sure like go start going crazy on it but yeah you know if it's not then is the monaco anime international gaming conference the best place to show off some it's gameplay true like, it's true it probably isn't the best sort of place i i think um it's it's just one of those things where like we don't know what's going on behind the scenes with the final fantasy 7 remake it's obviously progressing but we don't know how fast it's progressing um they're not talking about it actively still mm-hmm. you know we're probably going to see something at e3 but who knows what it's going to be? I mean, is, yeah. are they going to do some new character announcements or show off some more? I mean, they might just show off the gameplay sequence that they had the screenshots from, which was against the Guard Scorpion and show a bit of how the action uh, combat works and gameplay and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I can see how Final Fantasy fifteen would have shaken some people because if you look at the... a lot, of, I mean, it's, I'm not going to say a lot of people, but the end product has definitely irked some people mm-hmm. i think it's it's not necessarily that they don't like the game it's just that they 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 see what the game could have been 
Yeah. And I think that's the that's the issue here. It's it's not that Final Fantasy 15 was terrible or bad or anything like that. It's that it could have been a lot better. And everything that they're kind of doing now just emphasizes the stuff that they could have done. And I guess also it's a it's a bit of like the sort of tradition like Final Fantasy 7 remake we already know is not going to play really at all like the original Final Fantasy 7 like it's not going to be a turn-based system it's going to be more action-based and a lot of people who were fans of the original um Final Fantasy 7 and also like the the older Final Fantasy games in general have remained a bit bitter about the fact that Square Enix have decided to move completely away from the turn-based um, attack system that the other games have had and so I, I can see how in that in that sense like you know not all Final Fantasy fans like Kingdom Hearts's gameplay for instance and not all traditional Final Fantasy fans like Final Fantasy 15's gameplay system that much. I guess the hope is that um, when it comes around to the Final Fantasy 7 remake that a lot of the older fans will pick it up just because, because of nostalgia and you know if and for the FMV, I mean, how many people are not going to buy it because of the gameplay? I, I can't it's imagine that's going to be a minimal. huge chunk. There's going to be people that complain about it, but it's no different from you know the the massive um, campaign that happened against Left 4 Dead 2 because yeah. like oh it's coming out too soon. It was all this the the kind of bitterness around the fact that you know how can they release a game within a year? Yeah, because it clearly means they didn't. It could have do just that been, much yeah. to it, and. Um, everyone still end up buying it so yeah it's, it's true i think that from what i've been seeing with final fantasy 15 they did a really good job in expanding it so obviously there was a, a portion of the fan base that picked it up but i think a lot of the people that ended up buying it of those six plus million people it was their first final fantasy game yeah and it makes sense because the previous one was 2009 2010 you know it's a good seven year chunk again it's yeah you know, those people were 10 yeah if they were 17 now but now playing it um, it's it's a significant time periods that where you know these these big milestone games are good entry entry points and if people have come into Final Fantasy 15 it's their first game and they've got used to this action style gameplay it's not going to put them off with the Final Fantasy 7 remake no, that's what true. they're going to be expecting it's very true and if they actually did that as a turn-based game instead they'd be like what the hell is this this is what I signed up for when I played my Final Fantasy game yeah no it's very true I um I mean I have not had a lot of faith in Nomura um, as a director sort of from the beginning. Like, I liked his work with Kingdom Hearts, and that's what made me really excited about Versus 13. But, like, once everything with Versus 13 went sour, and then once um, all the Kingdom Hearts spinoffs came out, and I wasn't necessarily happy with that, I started to sort of waver on his sort of ethics as a director like he has a tendency to overcomplicate things in my in my mind and i have a an inkling that maybe he'll try to insert a bit more of stuff in final fantasy 7 remake that maybe wasn't there before but he's trying to make it like that much deeper by adding more like little bits and pieces which it doesn't really need yeah i mean he's a perfectionist isn't he in yeah pretty much every aspect of what he does uh, he has very high standards and, mm. and that's one of the reasans why things get delayed quite significantly yeah I mean, all you've got to do is look at something like advent children where 
you know, I think I've said before, but it started off as like a really short 20 minute movie yeah, and then ended up being uh, like 120 minutes long. It's, you know, that he significantly increased the scope because he wasn't necessarily happy with what they provided. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that he's worked on, it's been a similar story where things just take a really long time. And he's come out so many times in the past I think around like King, obviously Kingdom Hearts three, but Kingdom even Kingdom Hearts two, where he just he announces things too early. Mm. He doesn't actually anticipate how long things are going to take based on how he works. Yeah, and he sets unrealistic deadlines for himself. So you know, obviously when they announced the Final Fantasy seven remake, I'm guessing the ambition isn't that it's going to take five or six years to develop. Yeah, which you know some people are kind of anticipating that it's going to come out in 2020 like as a realistic yeah. expectation because yeah. you just got to look at kingdom hearts 3 it's... especially the fact that it's like a part series like it's it's in parts it's not just you know yeah and and that that in itself causes a massive headache for Kitaze, who has said that part of his role in as the executive producer is to make sure that the gameplay and everything else stays consistent across yeah. all the different parts and the longer this game takes to come out the less likely that is going to be unless they come out really, really close to each other. Because, you know, if the first part is going to come out in, I don't know, 2018, the second part's going to be 2020, at which point we're going to have to be having conversations about the next generation of console. Because when, I mean, the PS4's been out for a while now, Mm. like a good, like two, three, four years. Which actually makes me sort of think like, you know, say what you will about Toriyama's direction with Final Fantasy 13, uh, with Final Fantasy 13's trilogy. At least he got those games out. Like he got those games out and people were still talking about Final Fantasy 13. Well, I mean, 13 was, also did take a long time. Yeah, it did. It did. But Final Fantasy thirteen two came out like a couple years after, yeah, it was not, like two years and, and two years, it improved on everything that the first game pretty much did. Even story wise, it improved. So it was just something that was a really good, a really good way of doing it because it was still fresh in everyone's mind. And then also, I mean, the fact that they even just jumped up on it, and it was all on the same generation as well, which was great. So yeah, no, it's a very fair point. Like. We are we are already well in this generation. Like there might be a generation skip um, by the time all of these are released, or the, by the time we get to the last one. But um, I mean, I was a bit like, I was thinking maybe it'd be it. It's good that Kataze is like sort of on his back about it, like that he's overseeing it, because I would feel like maybe he would. Sh- sort of push Nomura into doing what he wanted or just just working to deadlines. But at the same time, like, Nomura is such a big entity within Square Enix that I feel like he can do whatever he wants. It's also, I mean, because he's working on Kingdom Hearts 3 as well, which is not within Kataze's team, it's Hashimoto's team, it, it creates a weird situation. Yeah. Because, like, if, if he was just working on one of them, yeah. That would be fair enough, but he's working on, I mean, outside of Dragon Quest Eleven, Square Enix Japan's two biggest releases have the same director. Yeah. And it's it doesn't work. It just no. it doesn't work. No, and they haven't learned their lesson. Nomura needs to focus on singular products. He needs to, like, the more he gets spread thin, the more everything gets delayed. Yeah, exactly. And it, it doesn't make any sense for this to happen. I don't know why they... I mean, I know why they chose him to do the Final Fantasy VII remake because, I mean, Kitaze, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, and Nomura 
is not going to relinquish control over the Kingdom Hearts series. No, no, because, not fully. No, I mean, like, the spin-offs is one thing, but the main yeah. series games is another. I just, I just don't know why they gave it to Nomura to do. Because even though they're kind of outsourcing parts of it, it still needs Nomura to feed into it. Yeah, and, and if he's coming in and saying, no, 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 I don't like this, I don't like this, like, that's going to delay things so much. No, if anything, I feel like they should have gotten Kingdom Hearts 3 out and done and then been like, all right, now we can focus on the Final Fantasy VII remake and then did it that way so that Nomura had, can put his most of his focus into that because obviously he's he's got his hand in everything. Like You don't even sort of realize just how much he has control over every single property that Square Enix comes out with. He's in control of... The merchandising, so any of the figures that they do, um, he comes in and makes sure that it's like to style the style that he wants to. Because yeah, he, he has his own owns, side project. He owns, he owns the um, the concept art for the characters. Exactly. Use, so. so any character, I mean, obviously the Final Fantasy twelve ones would probably be different, but like anything that he's had power over in the designs. He's responsible for that, and so if he has that level of perfection for like everything. You know, that's really, it's really difficult. It's probably why, like, World of Final Fantasy hasn't released, like, Noctis yet. Because he's just like, nope, that hair is out of place. Can't do that. <laughs> well, technically, he's not Noctis anymore. It's now or isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's true. But, no, I mean, so that's one perspective of it. I think, in some ways, yeah, Final Fantasy XV's development, especially in the early years, has has shaken my faith in, in when the Final Fantasy VII remake will come out. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, from a timing perspective... I don't really have much confidence. I mean, it, and they may still surprise us. Announce it's coming out this year. Mm. It it could be. It could still be a thing. I mean, that fiscal report that they had that came out just put it in the twenty eight fiscal year twenty eighteen and beyond category. And of course, we're now in the fiscal year twenty eighteen. It runs until next end of next March. Yeah. So it could feasibly still come out this year. It could feasibly still come out in the first three months of next year. Yeah. Or it could have come out anywhere beyond that. But, um. It's, uh, yeah, so I'd say it's shaken my faith in it from that perspective. In terms of the actual quality of what they're going to produce, I don't think that there's really a comparison there. Um, Final Fantasy XV uh, was developed by a different team in the end of it. I mean, we never really saw too much gameplay that from the original versus 13. There were there were bits, and I think Tabata's team did a really good job in trying to match that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I wouldn't really say that it looks like Nomura is basically just trying to start fresh and just create something yeah. new. So, I mean, I, the one thing I'm hoping for is that, like, Tabata, for, I mean, I guess just because he was mostly in control of the PSP games, where, like, there probably wasn't that many FMVs. I mean, you think about Crisis Core, there's maybe, like, a couple FMVs in that game. But, like, I hope that Final Fantasy VII Remake has more FMVs, because I just, I enjoy watching I enjoy I enjoy playing, but I do enjoy the FMVs, like just the beautiful um story sequences. So that's one thing that I, I am hoping for with Nomura's sort of vision with Final Fantasy Seven. Cause there are some really beautiful moments within Final Fantasy Seven and yeah. Although Nomura also has Kingdom Hearts, which only had like two FMVs. Ugh. We're not going to get any FMVs ever again. <laughs> no more. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, I mean, personally, I'm, I wouldn't say Final Fantasy 15 has shaken my faith. Mm-hmm. 
in the Final Fantasy VII remake. Final uh, Fantasy fifteen, you mean? What did I say? Final Fantasy thirteen. I mean, it same applies. <laughs> same applies. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, from the beginning of this conversation to now, like, I mean, I think, I think it's Final Fantasy thir- versus thirteen's development definitely shook my faith in Nomura, but. I still feel like the the remake is going to be. Good. I mean, in in Tabata's defense, um, a lot of the stuff that he did was t- around getting the faith back on Final Fantasy fifteen because yeah. I, see, I even remember when they announced the rebrand and everyone was still kind of like, "Is it really?" You know, like it, we've heard this in development. How come on, guys? So he a lot of what he did was trying to make people believe that they actually were making progress, that things were being done. And that's not really what Nomura does. Yeah. He likes to talk in very kind of uh, strange places, usually to Famitsu, but like random conferences. He doesn't really like the big stage. Um, he doesn't like to give regular updates around things. I think someone even asked him whether he's going to be doing active time reports. Well, Akutazu did. And it, they said it was something they were thinking about, but it's, I don't think it's something they're really going to do. They may, I mean, they may do, but mm-hmm. I can't see them getting Nomura to sit in front of a camera every week or no. like every couple of weeks to give even the one that they did with the um when he did the special message like he was just wearing a baseball cap and it's just kind of like yeah didn't want to do this but uh you asked I'm me here. to so yeah bless him it's like when they asked him to use twitter mm. do you remember that yeah like, and he's just like well um a great um do i say <laughs> mm. <laughs> They just need, he just needs like some tips from Yish P. I mean, I can imagine uh, like Kataze doing an active time report kind of thing. Mm. Like, I think he'd probably enjoy I'd it. I'd love to hear from him. Yeah. And I mean, I would love to hear from Nojima as well. I'd love to pick Nojima's brain. He's just so cool. Yeah. I love Nojima so much. But yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much that. Um, we're now going to go on to news. Yay! News, news, news. There's not really been too much, but we're no. going to try and make it as exciting as possible. <laughs> I know, after that huge downbeat topic, honestly. That wasn't downbeat. I was saying honestly, that I haven't start been taco. shaken. You've made us all depressed. <laughs> I, ha- I said I wasn't shaken by Final Fantasy I know, I know, but I feel, a bit, I feel a bit shaken. I'm a bit shook. I'm shaking you right now. Oh, God, <laughs> no. Abuse. All right, no. so... Our first news item of the day, Lauren, is yes. Dissidia Final Fantasy. Woo! We know nothing more about the PS4 release date yet, in case no. you guys were wondering. But they have announced a new champion. Yay! Which is X-Death. Which... Yay! Yeah, I mean, some people were kind of excited about it, but like it wasn't really the most compelling of characters they probably no. could have announced. Uh, it's the one I kind of anticipated yeah you did you predicted it you definitely predicted it um but no i mean like it would have been so sick if they could have just been like no you know by the way we're not gonna go from the previous roster we're just gonna announce gilgamesh boom enjoy like that would be so cool if you could play as gilgamesh like just just killing things i'm having a weird feeling that i think gilgamesh was in one of the previous games i know i am too but i don't think he was I honestly don't think he was. Either way, um, so alongside the announcement of X-Death, they uh, did a load of character balancing, and it's kind of... I was reading a, a couple of commentary, a, a bit he of commentary is, about he's it. He's a secret character in 0212. See, I told you. Um, so, well, he needs to come back. Uh, <laughs> he needs could, to come back. Well, they could do a different version of this, um, Gilgamesh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, from what I was seeing about the comments about the balancing, it, people are a bit miffed, because usually when you balance, you try to make things balanced 
right? That's the whole point of balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems as though they've chosen to just make the stronger characters that everyone's using stronger mm-hmm. and make the weaker characters that people aren't using weaker. <laughs> Makes so sense. So it's not really balanced. And, Let's just like make them even sadder. And so, yeah, the people were saying on Reddit, at least, what, that, you know, they'd really love to see the data that informed these decisions. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and you know, that there's not really too much else that's going on with this here at the moment. They obviously had their little press conference thingy jig to announce the new character. But yeah, it's not, it's kind of just plodding along. I'm yeah. still hoping that they're going to do something soon. But, um, you know, there's, who knows when they're going to do something. It's just a shame because they seem like they're missing like so many opportunities with Dissidia. But they just don't seem to care. I mean, they've said that they're going to focus more on the villains this year. And I think that based around the fact that the Zodiac Age is coming out in July, it would make really good sense for them to have Cabrant as the next character in a couple of months' time. They're usually going to a two-month schedule. But, you know, they've still got to do Cloud of Darkness. They've still got to do Ultima Sia. But just skip those. Just put them in a big patch. Just all together. Because nobody cares. Like, I mean, they do care. But, like... Not a lot. Not enough people care about those ones. Like just no. Just... I mean, Jekt, Gabranth and Jekt are probably the two villains they have remaining. Gabranth would be so sick. That would be so cool to play as Gabranth, or even Balthy. Like, just come on, guys. Come on, you're doing Enix. nicknames now. Balthy. Balthy. Come on. Like, just pull it together. Balthy and Gabby. Pull it together. Um, Honestly. So yeah, that's that's the Decidia stuff. Uh, we're going to move on to the Zodiac Age now, okay. as we did the Gabranth tie-in. Yeah, there. we did. That was a nice transition. So, I mean, to, the Zodiac Age is a really difficult one for them to try and release news on because the game yeah. already exists. And... Yeah, I mean, they could explain more about like the version that we well, didn't get. That's actually something that you know I've, we're planning a YouTube video, mm. basically running through every single major change because. I don't think many people realize that the Zodiac Age is not the same game as Final yeah. Fantasy Twelve. It's it's significant change. Like and, the whole uh, gameplay system is like, like completely different. Uh, the, the, there is. I'm going to tell a small bit of the story here, but basically, when they would with the in- previous international versions, whether it's Final Fantasy Seven, Final Fantasy Ten, Ten Two, you know, it was usually that they did tweaks. They added like a couple of bosses. They added yeah. like like a, very small yeah, things. Like, it wasn't anything significant. But with the Zodiac, like the international Zodiac job system. It wasn't meant to be an international version. It was supposed to be like an expansion to the game, essentially. So it's a different way of playing the same game. So the story is the same, but not too much else is the same. And mm. Square haven't really done too much to kind of set people's expectations around that, I don't think. No. Um. So that's going to be interesting. Anyway, I know. Right, so... Uh, that's not actually the news. Yeah, no. Just, I was just saying, like, it's yeah. because the game's already out. It's really difficult for them to find I, things to talk about. I am just so curious as to what everybody will think about this game once it's released. I really am. But so, anyways. So to try and have something to talk about, they are slowly releasing samples of the upgraded music that's going to be in the game. <laughs> um, so they've released four tracks so far on the Japanese YouTube channel. So that's Pinello's theme, the boss battle, uh, Rabanasta, and the Dalmask Esther Sands. So you can go and listen to those if you want, see how they sound in comparison. Um, you know, I've always been quite critical of the music of Final Fantasy Twelve and especially the samples that they use. So... Mm. If there's one thing that I'm happy about, it's the fact that they are improving this and using more of or like more realis- realistic orchestral sounds. Mm-hmm. From what I've listened to from the four tracks, it doesn't sound as though they've gone quite as extreme as they did with the Final Fantasy X remastered soundtrack, where yeah. they changed the balancing a lot of the tracks and stuff. And I mean, Rabin Astra sounded a little bit different. There was some different balancing things in there to try and 
see they're using more realistic instrumentation now but yeah. um it seems okay i'm still got a bit of a bugbear about the fact that this music is going to be mandatory yeah unless you pay money yeah no i think that is really silly really um cheeky way of them to make money but yeah it is what it is yeah okay so next up lauren the next story that we have is from brave exvius um so first of all they've it they've announced that it's been downloaded over 20 million times in worldwide one in, one, in year. one year which is insane um and celebrate well, well actually i would say it's more than one year because in japan mm. it came out earlier it's true they kind of cheated um to celebrate they're hosting brave exvius fan festa all around the world and they will all be free so if you're playing brave exvius you can go and have fun um the first one is in july it's july 8th in paris france um the next one will be in september uh in taipei taiwan um, in October, they're going to have one in New York City. November, they're going to have one in Busan, South Korea. And then in December, they're going to have one in Los Angeles. No Japanese one. And no, no, nothing in the UK. Well, uh, I mean, France is close enough. Hey, I'm would just, you no, want to go to France for a, a day? Well, if I was an active, avid Brave Exodus player, I might do. I suppose. Do. I suppose. I don't know. I'm. What are, you, I'm, what are you trying to say, Lauren? I'm just quite stingy with money. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm, okay. okay. I'd rather go to London where I don't um, have to spend so much. <laughs> Although for some yeah, people, no, that's I'm, a lot. I'm quite surprised that they haven't done one in Japan. Maybe they've done some other stuff in Japan that I'm just not. Yeah, maybe oblivious. that we're yeah. just not known about. But no, it sounds pretty cool. So yeah, and then the last thing is also kind of related to that. It's that they've randomly announced that there's going to be a Final Fantasy 14 fan gathering on the 20th of May in Manchester yeah england yeah. um i mean i guess for, it's good because like only, yeah but it's only for 80 people yeah i think from what it sounds like i think this is a tester i think they're like sort of testing out what they think it will be like there will definitely be people who will go into manchester to just do this especially ones who maybe missed out on the event in uh germany this past year um but it's not going to be a big thing uh from what they say it's going to be like drinks and that sort of thing it's just going to be a, a fan gathering but i must say like first of all the fact that they only announced it a week before is just a bit like whoa okay guys guys you got to give a little bit more time you got to give a girl a little bit more time because girl has to get a babysitter in charge and that sort of thing um so there's that and then like two i mean it's Final Fantasy fourteen again. Like, I I like Final Fantasy fourteen. I do, but like, it would be great if Square Enix would actually recognize that people do like their single player games and do want. No, they don't. Do you want a I fan mean, our gathering? Podcast is just is 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 terrible. It's I mean, all no, fourteen. No, yeah, no one. We talk about 14 to be all honest. Time. Pretty much every single other Final Fantasy Final Fantasy podcast that's like popular is Final Fantasy fourteen focused. We're like the only one. We bucks the trend. I know, but um, no, I just, I wish that they would recognize that and actually do something themselves for the main game, for the main games. Like, it just, it seems a bit like, all right, it's another Final Fantasy fourteen thing. Um, but either way, uh, so yeah, if you want to, if you want to join up on that, just like check out their There's blog and stuff. And they stuff. have a Facebook yeah. group, um, and you can feel special. Um, 
And then the last bit of news is Well, that, it's not really news. Yes, um, but we're hopefully expecting news on Prompto, episode Prompto Yeah, soon. I mean, the DLC episode is supposed to come out at some point in June, so mm. you'd like to think they would announce the release date soonish. Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, episode Gladiolus was announced at the 30th anniversary event in at the end of January, and that came out in March, so... Watch, it'll be like June 30th. Yeah, right <laughs> the end. Week before. All right, so... Time to move on to questions. Yay, questions. So this first question is from at Blue Machine on Twitter. And they asked Lauren, well, probably me as well. Yeah. But I'm directing it at Lauren. How do you feel gamers and the gaming industry would react if Square released a main series Final Fantasy game where the main character or a main party member was openly homosexual, trans or bi as an attempt to seem more inclusive and support the LGBT community of gamers that play their games? Mm. I, it's, it's, a difficult one because in my honest opinion i think this is a no-brainer i think that you know why shouldn't they like why shouldn't they just just include people uh who are homosexual or in the lgbt community like i i am completely for it like a hundred percent so for first of all i mean obviously you got fang and vanille they mm-hmm. weren't openly but they have been embraced as that and yeah I think rachel robertson who we've spoken to numerous times constantly gets um people from that community who reach out to her and thank her for all the work that she did uh she never really tries to hide from it she i think she's of the opinion that it's never explicitly said but they are in a relationship together yeah um but i would also say that in in square's defense now this is not square japan but in square's defense i mean life is strange um which you've played yeah it's it's kind of more open about things and um, I, th- I believe that they're working on a, a redoing Fear Factor, Fear Effect, not Fear Factor, um, Fear Effect, which I, I think had uh, two lesbians as the main characters. So I think Square in the Western Western Square are okay, are okay with it. Yeah. They're not really hiding from it or yeah. trying to shy away from it. Japanese side, though, I... I don't, I mean, I don't know what Japan's like with regards to these kind of things. Yeah. And that's obviously something that they have to consider. Yeah. Um, I mean, with Final Fantasy XIII, um, Toriyama, he was very open about these things. So, you know, he was had no problem promoting female characters um, and different kinds of relationships between these characters, different... Mm. I mean, like, if you think about Final Fantasy XIII's cast, it was very diverse. Yeah. You had lots of different genders. You had lots of different age ranges. Yeah. Um, and there were so many different character archetypes. There was the father and son. Um, yeah. You know, there was there was a lot of different things that that game had. And but I don't I don't really know. It's just weird though, because like, yeah, I mean, even if you think about like just how many controversial things that like their games have sort of challenged. I mean, Final yeah. Fantasy X is all about challenging religion. So there's a part of I'd me that, that sort of if, thinks that they don't, was gonna they don't do care. It, if someone was going to do it, it probably would be them. Yeah. Because, you know, everyone always harps on uh, 15 because it was an all-male cast. But, you know, in the past, the franchise has been so much about kind of female empowerment and yeah. all of the characters. It just seems like a no-brainer. I don't know. I really... I honestly, I really do hope that I'm wrong in what they're thinking, that they are more open-minded and that they will include more of it in the future. But we just haven't seen anything yet. And I don't think we'll see anything in the near future because we have Kingdom Hearts 3 on the horizon, which has already sort of 
I mean, granted, there's a lot of people who say that um, Axel and Roxas are very close emotionally. Like, even though their um, their sort of relationship is not canon, there's a lot of people who um, enjoy the relationship between those two characters. And then, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot of talk about the boys in uh, Final Fantasy 15, and that Noctis is actually with uh, Prompto that they have a that they have a connection. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that they should just do it. I mean, I don't see there's any reason for them not to, you know, I, I would ap- happily embrace it. I mean, we don't know what they're going to do with the Final Fantasy seven remake either. Obviously there's certain yeah. scenes within that game, um, that are around that kind of stuff. So we don't know how seriously they're going to take that mm. or whether they're going to try and play it off as a kind of comedic moment. Yeah. But which I hope they, I hope they don't, because it's just it, it gets old, doesn't it? Like the whole, you know, it's like with Persona, uh, with Persona Four. It's like one thing that got me annoyed with that was the fact that, like, you know, you had two characters who one character was was actually a girl but looked like a boy, and then the other characters thought, oh well, I must be gay or whatever. And it's just like, just make him gay, like just just take that joke out and just just have him accept his sexuality and accept his orientation like just do away with the joking and just make it fact but yeah um the next question is from lewis james and he asks what do you think of square adding matsuda as a dlc boss in Final fantasy 15 and which dlc pack do you think they will add him with i think it's a great idea I just don't get what the hell they're doing. I, I mean, know. Like, that was announced way a long time ago, a long, long time ago. And, I mean, like, we're, it's at least five, six months ago now, and it hasn't happened. What no. What's taking them so long? I know. What you've got to do is look at Nier Automata, where they have the same thing. It's a it's a boss where you fight against Matsuda and also the, the guy who runs Platinum Games. It's a, it's a dual boss fight. And they announced it, and then they released it, like, a week later. Why? Why does this take so long? I, I think I think it's great that Matsuda has uh, it wants to get involved in this way and is is happy to kind of make fun of himself. Yeah, I mean, like if you've seen the the boss that they have in Near Automata, it's hilarious. It like at one point they have their flying heads coming at you as projectiles I know. and stuff. It's that's so funny. It's just a massive piss take. It and- is. It's like it's like if they did actually did episode Kenny. Like I wish that they would just have episode kenny and then have that in there as well yeah like <laughs> like just so, just do a massive so I, piss I think it's DLC. i think it's hilarious i just don't know what they're doing with it i no. don't know why it's taking so long but then again you could say the same about the magitech exosuit or i know what, i mean that was now almost four months ago i know that that the whole thing happened and they've we've heard nothing since literally nothing nope how has it taken them four months to come up with the new design for those suits like I know. seriously I know, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, the next question we have is from Rachel Casterton, who wants to know, will we be purchasing the 30th anniversary Moogle or Chocobo? Yeah, probably. We have the 25th anniversary Chocobo. We do. And like, honestly, the Square Enix plushies and just dolls in general are Allie's favorite toys. Like, Allie, I mean, granted, I, I'm really sad about it, um, but uh-huh. our Moogle has died a death. Um, she, she pulled out the palm. She pulled out the palm and then started whacking me with it. <laughs> it was hilarious. But poor, poor Moogle. 
uh, our Christmas Moogle doesn't have yeah. a palm anymore. She but likes to wrestle with the fat chocobo. That's she a loves wrestling it. buddy. And she loves the good boy. Um, and she loves the Moogle. And whenever she comes in here, she immediately points at uh, the 25th anniversary chocobo and just like, do. And it's just so cute. And so I think that we will definitely be purchasing more Square Enix uh, dolls in the future because she just she's obsessed with them. She thinks that they're they're literally her favorite dolls. Hmm. So this next question is from Kim James Fock, and he wants to know: Should there be a Final Fantasy that plays like Near Automata? Only if Yoko Taro actually directs it. I think that's Boom. a fair point. <laughs> I, yeah. I I mean, who knows how the franchise is going to go now with the whole action adventure RPG kind of style they're going for? But you know, I I wouldn't I would love it if it was a spin off. Yeah. I don't necessarily know how I feel about a near automata style game being a main series title. Yeah. Because like there's a lot there is story development in there, but it's not in the way that I would expect a Final Fantasy game to be developed. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would not feel like a Final Fantasy game at all anymore. But then what does feel like a but Final then Fantasy what, game? Yeah, because everything is so different. It's so open. Um but no, I mean I yeah, I would love to have like wouldn't it be sick if there was like a yuna gunner game like a yuna just gunner game just what you mean like running around dirge of cerberus yeah but better <laughs> and developed by platinum games or just something like that like something fun bayonetta with a bayonetta, pain skin but with lightning pain oh pain pain, pain oh skin. pain would be yeah. sick Pain would be so cool. Anyways, all right. Our last question is from Sora96 or Brayden. And he asks, when do you think we'll get the Lightning Saga on PS4? I genuinely hope it's this year. I know. I don't see why, again, they wouldn't want to do that. I mean, uh, obviously, the, the 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 guys who worked on it are working on Mobius and they're helping out with the Final Fantasy VII remake. But what else are they working on? Come on, guys. Sort it out. Get that Lightning Saga out so that we can all play it in i guess hd i mean square again they they released the tomb raider definitive edition so they're not opposed to re-releasing ps3 games on the ps4 no come on just do it yeah just have it as one one package do it um just get a few more sales for for lightning and then just give us some of her louis vuitton clothing as well as part of the collector's edition yes please but yeah, if you want to ask us questions, then just fire them at us on Twitter, Facebook. Um, we also have a new Facebook group that we're setting up. Uh, if you want to join that, then I think if you, if you just search in Final Fantasy Union on Facebook, it should come up. Um, there's about, I don't know, like 150 of us in there at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just to talk about general things that are going on in the community and um, different things that Square are working on. It's it's just fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, yeah, very fun. Um, yeah, so music this episode is from Final Fantasy IX. The original song is You Are Not Alone. And the performer is from is Dale North and Sean Stone. It's actually from a real old album called Project Majestic Mix, for those who remember that. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 30th of May, according to Lauren. He put this in there. I didn't check. Is that right? Is I that believe correct? it's true. That I correct? can tell time. Correct? Yeah, are you sure? Yeah, it's the 30th. Okay. 30th of May. Um, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. If you just search for Final Fantasy, we're there or thereabouts. And also, please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're closing yeah. on 25,000 subscribers at the moment. Subscribe to us. We're friendly. Also, check out the website, FinalFantasyUnion.com, for all the news coverage provided by Brayden. And if you Thank like you, the Brayden. podcast and want to get on the show yourself or you want to get some badges made by Lauren, 
head over to our Patreon and you can also get access to an exclusive show that we put out once a month. Alright Lauren, it's time for you to say goodbye. Bye guys! And I'm Dara saying goodbye, this has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.